everybody, welcome back to Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam, and these are my daily notes where I have awesome guests on the show. This is not really an awesome guest. He is a regular. If you oh, will. thanks, I know. Adam. I'm not an awesome <laughs> guest. You're an awesome Gosh. regular person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined by the main host of the movie podcast, everybody. This is Terry Plucktick. Terry, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day today and talking some movies with us. Oh, my pleasure. This is going to be fun. Filling in some uh, some gaps and some blind spots for me this week. So uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Heck yes. You know, we're going to be, you know, I, I usually be doing this every month now. My first time watches. This time I've already seen these movies, but it's been mentioned several times that Terry has never seen the Jump Street movies, 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. So he's knocked them off his list now. And now we're going to. This is your forcing a first time watch. Exactly, but in a, in a positive way. Positive way. A positive yeah, exactly. way. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping these are some fun watches for you as well. Uh, before we get started, you know, uh, what are you drinking today? You always start that off with your pod, uh, podcast. So what are you, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, uh, this is. It's been a busy day. Haven't uh, didn't get a chance to uh, to partake of any uh, any potent potables. So I've I've got. Um, uh, a large sprite from Wendy's. That that's what I ended up with today. I drink I drink soda about once a month, and today just happened to be the day. I was out nice. running around, needed something something wet. So, yeah, he's going crazy today. He's partying it over there. <laughs> I, I love their frosties though. Whoop whoop! Raise the roof. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so I got a frosty. <laughs> I got a frosty. They didn't give me the spoon though. I was so mad. I had to eat what? it with my with my. Uh, with my uh, straw, it was ridiculous. That, wow, where, where, where was this windy so we can boycott it? <laughs> Vancouver. It was in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, no, I, yeah, I'd never <laughs> go to Vancouver, Wendy. <laughs> anyway, uh, my drink. I went to Costco today, and we uh, kind of looked at. We were looking at this the beverage section, and we found some cool things. And uh, I'm kind of a, I like my like whiskey, but I never had this kind today. And this is a screwball. It's a peanut butter oh. whiskey. I love that stuff. Yeah, I've never had it before. So good. I've, I had a sip off camera. My wife, Arlette, had a sip of it, and it tastes exactly like peanut butter. Todd's. I texted Todd before I bought it. And it's like, hey, what do you think of this? He said, not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of peanut butter. However, I put grape schnapps in it, and it tastes just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I definitely have to pick up some of that and try that. And then we also – I'm probably not going to drink it on this podcast, but I got this too. Rogue – uh, brewery has a double double chocolate uh, stout, which is uh, ooh, ooh, I haven't had double, that one. Yeah, double chocolate stout. I was like, this just sounds good. Peanut butter, chocolate, it's great combination. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think if you're a, I don't know, my dad really loved chocolate peanut butter. So and I, I'm I think it's a dad approved uh, mixture of flavors. Maybe who knows? So I really I thought that was a good combo maybe to partake with tonight. But yeah, Rogue is just okay. down the street from me. It's a it's a Portland brewery. So uh, I've had oh, quite awesome. a few quite a few of their beers. Yeah, it's like a little four pack at Costco, tall the tall boy at the Costco. So it was like eight or nine bucks or something roughly around there. So yeah, like, yeah, I'll have to look those. for that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh so anyway, uh cheers with your sprite. So I'm gonna try this. <laughs> ah that, wow, peanut butter. That's like Skippy right and, there. And that's yeah. like that is that is the smoothest stuff too. Don't don't ruin it with grape schnapps. It that's just <laughs> that's just stupid. Yeah, anybody who does that just, just yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't think I can't relate to that guy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. For, unfortunately I am related to that guy. So no. 
wordplay. There we go. <laughs> Uh, I guess before I get to, we get too far into our conversation today, Todd was on the podcast recently, and we reviewed oh, we yes. dive, The Wrestler. I don't know if you were able to listen to it yet, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that film and what if you've seen it, what do you remember about it? Yeah, it is. I, I haven't had a chance to listen yet. Um, it has been a long time since I've seen The Wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see here. I'm even. I gotta go look here. So The Wrestler. I, I gave it four stars when I saw it, which I, 2008 was a big year for, for me. I had 16 four-star movies. Wow, and the Wrestle ranks, yeah, the Wrestle ranks number 13 of the year on in 2008. Um, I will say, I mean, it, Mickey Rourke, I remember, he's just otherworldly in that. And it, it was a role he was, it's like his, his life and the, uh, just the trials and tribulations he's gone through in life kind of prepared him for that role in a perfect way. And if he wasn't so much Mickey Rourke during the award season, he probably wouldn't have won the Oscar for it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember good things about it. I, I remember being really surprised cause it is an Aronofsky movie and it being so not Aronofsky in a lot of different ways because he's, I mean, it's, it's like watching, um, watching insomnia by Christopher Nolan. It's yeah. it, he, he has such a style on uh, of him of his own. And then he does this really grounded thing. And so uh, that, he's really restraining it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, those are the main things I remember from the wrestler, but honestly, I don't know if I've seen it since it came out actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was really good. We, uh, I have a conspiracy theory in there. Why Mickey Rourke didn't win the Oscar based coming from a wrestling perspective thing from podcasts I've listened to as well. So that's a, when you get a chance, that's some fun. It was a good, fun conversation Todd and I had, and actually it's a movie that I'll have to update my top a uh, hundred of all time. Cause it's actually in my number top 10 of ever. Whoa, um, and actually whoa. I found out that it's in Todd's top 10 of all time as well. So, Oh, Two birds talking about that movie. <laughs> so it was, it was a great conversation. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, what kind of, I guess one thing I want to quickly talk to you about is, you know, you guys all formed this podcast and the website way before you've met me, actually the podcast after way after right. uh, very recently, actually, but you created the website together, all three of you. And then you added me on uh, what kind of was like the, the startup of, be forming almost sideways for you guys. Yeah. So it, uh, we started the website uh, in 2008 and this was right after I graduated college and the three of us, Todd, Zach, and I were, were just sitting down one day just talking and we always would get together and talk movies. And so, you know what? We, we always had all these, you know, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? What do you think of that? So, you know, we should we should do a website. I mean, we, we should put our stuff out there somewhere. You know, let the people decide. And uh, and so we uh, we just decided let, let's do it. And I remember very vividly the uh, the conversation on the name because it was like we can name it this. No, that's lame. But we can name no, that's lame. And then someone it's like well let, let's find a couple movies like. Th- smash their titles together and yeah. yeah almost famous and sideways are two movies that all that we can't disagree on 
and uh and so i was almost sideways like now that that's actually pretty good <laughs> yeah we're gonna go with it it's like once we had the title it was like okay we've got the title now we've got to do this because we've got <laughs> this kick-ass title and so it's got to happen now yeah and, you gotta uh, have to do it yeah yeah, so uh, so that that's really what what brought it about, and uh, I've been the one that's done all uh, most of the editing of the website and the building yeah. of that. And I mean, it's it's a behind the scenes hobby more than anything, and so I, I'm constantly put data entry of movies that we've watched and things like that, and and it's it's a labor of love. It's something that distracts me from everything else that I've got going on and uh, the busyness of life and. And then, then we decided we always have all these conversations around uh, around movies, and like you know what, I wonder if anybody else would like to hear any of this. And the only way to find out is to make a podcast. So I think yeah. it was, oh gosh, what year did we start the podcast? Was I remember the first one you did. Seventeen, twenty seventeen. Max yeah, McConaughey and Steven Soderbergh. I think it was like Logan Lucky time. I think roughly. It, Dunkirk was our first. Dunkirk, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Dunkirk was. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was August 2017. We started the podcast, nice. and uh, and um, just like I said, we always had these fascinating conversations and geeked out over random stuff. And it's like someone else out there must appreciate this level of ridiculousness when it comes to film. So. We uh, we threw it out there and uh, yeah, and the I was gonna say the rest is history, but it's more like the rest is mediocrity because we're still kind of barely barely getting through. But I mean, hey, it's we do it the same way if two people were listening to it, and so whoever Absolutely. listens, it, it's great. And it's been crazy. Like the last, you know, I don't know I've been I came in. What was it like? I don't know. It's been a while since I, when I first started with you guys. Yeah. Too. I'm trying was, to remember. It was shortly after I met Todd and maybe seven years ago, maybe that's roughly. I think it was 2014. Jeez. Six and years. You, oh, seven. I don't know. Seven my, years ago. Seven years ago. Wow. Doesn't and, seem like it's been that long, but. And here, here's, here's how I know. One of the first reviews you wrote, I just looked it up. Oh my! I remember oh. one of the first reviews you wrote was "Million Dollar Arm" with John Ham. <sighs> yeah, and so I just looked up what year that came out, and that I that was it. Yeah, so, that was my one. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the the whole process about like me because I remember I remember meeting Todd and he was super quiet. You know how he is at at work and stuff at FedEx, and you know we just started. He asked me a simple question: "What was your what's your favorite movie?" And that's why he, he always does it every single time to somebody at at work. And depending on what you give him the answer, whatever answer you give him, he'll decide if he wants to talk to you or not. <laughs> so that's one of my perspective. But no, he uh, the Departed uh, was my favorite movie, and yeah. then he just like he started talking movies. The Oscar season happened, and you no, know, I, I think you could like he always says you can always tell a lot about a person, but based off what movies they like, <laughs> like, and I think that's uh it's awesome. That's the whole part of it, and. I think whenever I post a, some clip or whatever, or do something on YouTube or whatever, it's almost sideways as a place for movie conversation. And that's kind of how you guys started off. And you're like, maybe let's see if anybody else wants to join in on our, the website. And that's, I think that's a really fun thing. If you're not talking about movies or having a conversation about it, maybe they're not that important or whatever film, you know? So. Well, and I love our team too, because we 
all bring something different to the table. We all think slightly differently. I mean, if you listen to on the main podcast, if you listen to any of our reviews of the three of us, so often all three of us will think something different. Usually one will love, one will hate, and one will be somewhere in between and can see both sides. And it changes every time, which one's which. Um, So it's, it's fascinating. And then, and then you came along and added in something completely different too. Animated um, Batman, baby. Animated Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, you, you have different tastes. You have different movies you like to you uh, you like to highlight and things like that. You slightly different perspective. And uh, I I think I think we give a very a very varied perspective on things. I I know Todd is Todd is super picky and has a, but has a very definite taste. Like we always talk about, there's a Todd movie. Yep. Um, and then you have Zach, who is, you know, working on a PhD in film studies, and so he is truly a student of film, and um, and definitely has a very specific taste too. I'm much more of a popcorn type of uh, movie goer, and much more of a fan instead of, and less of more of the critical side. But I, I definitely have my my specific taste too. Um. And the, and and you're the same way. I, I think it, it's so weird. There's moments where I feel like my taste and your taste are are the most similar, and then there's moments where oh, I, yeah. it's like no 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 no. You and Todd are like identical on how you think about this type of movie, and so it, it it's funny how we all cross over in different ways. And there, Todd and I will have conversations that say Zach is insane for thinking this, and then Zach and I will have conversations that say Todd's insane. For thinking that history of violence, anyone? Yeah. Um. And uh. And, and we can and we can do the same as well. So uh, like I said, there's there's uh a, a, an opinion for everyone in on our on our site, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like the rogue at, at, at rogue at time. I'm like I kind of fluctuate through all three of them. Like when you guys were doing the the top twenty ten of the decade, and Zach was like, this list is kind of sound like a Zach list, not a Todd list. Like it's gonna, <laughs> Adam Adam's grown so much. He's our little baby growing up in the world. Yeah. Uh, hey, and like I said, like on to Todd too, I updated my top 100 and Air Force One will not be on my list of all time favorite movies anymore. <laughs> we grow. So we grow up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, I, it's, been, it's been weird. You know, I like, I, I'm a very, you know, I love my big popcorn flicks, but you know, I've been understanding I'm going to be fanboying out on my top of my list. I can, I appreciate a lot of the smaller movies and my wife always says, Oh, that's a that's a, looks like a slow, boring movie. That's an Adam movie. That you can watch that one. Oh. By that's what she says. No, that's an Adam movie. Like I, I showed her the trailer for Nomadland, which would be one of the reviews we're doing. Um, the main show we'll be doing on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, coming out this week, and she's sh- I showed her the trailer. She wasn't really interested. I think you can watch that, but I think I talked her into watching it now because it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, well, at least we're, we're, we'll sit, watch it on Hulu. We won't go to the theater. Like, but okay. it's free. <laughs> yeah she's like okay then i'll i'll sit through it then <laughs> so i'm like we'll we'll see how that goes so um anyway that's uh quickly before we get too far ahead of ourselves and so we can jump into these movies before time uh escapes us yeah. i wanted to quickly just update uh you know our challenge of watching all our movies that are appeared on our top right, 10 movies right, of right, the right. year i did watch your i camera exactly with placement i think it was number five or four boy state i watched yes. that on apple tv 
I wanted to report that I've it was, it was, it was my number. Yeah. My number four, I think number four. Okay. I, I really kind of found that documentary rather fascinating. I gave it, I'm giving it a 3.5 stars. I, the, I thought it was put together really well. I, these kids, political views are completely polar opposite, but also similar. And it's, it's, it's so weird. The perspective these young kids have for political, the political atmosphere. It's, very fascinating coming from not that place. I never participated in anything like that, but I was a Senate page up here in Washington. I, uh, oh. I worked at, uh, I was actually on the Senate page. I was actually on one of those, like the government TV channels there. I was sitting like right behind that uh, speaker of the house waiting for a message to deliver to one of the senators down in on the, the floor. So you have a recording of that moment and you, you, you I had just, it on a VHS you, for a you while. You throw it on, you throw it on for your kid. That's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> for that one time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, it, that's the only really political thing I really have. And, you know, I have, I think everybody has their own different political tastes and stuff, but I, and th what this one does, even if you don't agree with their political opinions or tastes, just knowing that people are so passionate about that and seeing this from a kid's perspective, uh, I say kids, but you know, these high schoolers, teenagers perspective is fascinating to see their kind of journey throughout this documentary and seeing all the different ways of thinking about it. I thought it was a really interesting thing. And I think that it was a really smart documentary to do because it's, it's a, topic that i wouldn't necessarily have watched it was on your top 10 we put this challenge up so i was like i'll watch it and i was engaged the entire time i think that it did it served its purpose it was a very fascinating engaging experience that i i did really enjoy it's pr uh, probably uh you know my david arquette you can't kill david arquette's my favorite belushi's up there rewinds up there i think it's like my third or fourth fourth favorite documentary of 2020 a really solid choice i'm really awesome to see gladys was on your top 10 of the year so definitely watch uh boy state on apple tv everybody it was a really good documentary i'm glad you liked it yeah so when when we talked about it on in our top 10 um, I mentioned I, I went to Boys State when I was in high school uh, in Washington. It was Evergreen Boys State. Went and spent a, a week at Central Washington University in Ellensburg. Um, and it is uh, to see this movie, it, it really took me back. Uh, I'm not one that likes to get political that much and go through all the debates of, you know, who's right, who's wrong, what yeah. the government should be doing. But I am a huge fan of history, and I, I love U.S. history. And so to see how our government works and how our government operates and to truly see how bringing a group of high school kids, 16, 17-year-old kids together, and really it being a microcosm of our country and seeing the inner workings of how the system works and how these kids already know how the system works on both sides. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It's just a fascinating watch, and it reminded. It, like I said, it, it brought me back to when I was a part of it, and it wasn't nearly as intense because on our political climate wasn't nearly as intense when I did that in yeah. two thousand two. <laughs> uh, but um, but to see how how they navigate the political waters at, the way they do, I mean, uh, I. I've heard people say, and I agree, it, it's it, it was frustrating yet hopeful all at yeah, the same exactly. time. Yeah, and uh, it, it yeah, just just a fascinating look at how how the kids are the future, and those kids are the future, and the, some of the post credit stuff in that shows how some of them are already becoming the future. So uh, 
it's uh yeah i'm glad i'm glad you liked it and every i think everyone should should check it out just to see just to see all that at work yeah absolutely and i think that it's it's just really fascinating stuff it definitely scary but also hopeful at the same time so a uh, really great point um, on that uh, but anyway that's boy state streaming on apple plus i think my next one i want to try to conquer is on netflix it's going to be a sun which was appeared on todd's and zach's list so i'm gonna try to get I that to one that too i think that's going to be a really uh, i think that one uh, is based on everything they said and description and trailer i think that's going to be that's going to be a really uh, interesting and intense watch i think so mm-hmm. really excited to watch that and i, I looking forward to trying to get a lot of these ones and i'll be reporting them when i do my episodes here on the podcast too so perfect can we do that so uh anyway let's jump into our first time watch segment really excited for this conversation because we, we've mentioned this several times that you have not watched the jump street movie so yep Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Almost Sideways podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm joined by our special guest, Mr. Terry Plucknett of the Almost Sideways podcast. Again, Terry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Adam. Uh, Really uh, excited to be here and to talk about some blind spots I have. Yeah, there we go. So if you guys did not see by clicking on that thumbnail, we're talking about the 21 and 22 Jump Street. Two amazing comedies, in my opinion. We'll find out Terry's rather shortly. Uh, shortly, and uh, starring Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, two guys like really odd pairing in a way, but also really amazing at the same time. So, my first question for you, Terry, is why did you miss this one? You know, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it was something that I remember when it came out just didn't get to it and uh i didn't really have it was like oh yeah another you know goofy cop comedy okay and and i just i just missed it and then the second one came out i was like well i didn't see the first one so i can't see the second one and uh and yeah i i have no idea why i didn't see it it just i just didn't i think you and i are similar we were talking about earlier this is very similar in our kind of way of thinking stuff we also have giant stacks of movies we need to watch. Like I have a stack down here that I just need to watch. And sometimes you miss some movies and you just they become blind spots. So I'm glad we're able to talk about these movies today. Made you force, made you uh, force your way into watching these films. So I, I love being forced into watching movies. It, it's, it's one of the few <laughs> ways that I make sure I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah point. So let's start off with the first film at 21 jump street. Let me pull up my thing here. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, oh man, I closed it out. One second. Should I? I thought it happened, but it, I accidentally closed it out. Give me one second. Twenty-one Jump Street. Please okay. stand by. Please. Oh god. Yeah, there we go. Please stand by. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the first film, Twenty-One Jump Street, which came out in two thousand and twelve, which seems like it was yesterday, but also forever ago. I remember this film i did remember go seeing this in theaters because i thought it looked really funny but i wasn't familiar i didn't know it was based off a tv show the first time i watched it and then of course i found out that johnny depp actually started in the tv show i met arlette oh and- man that cameo must have been super confusing to you then <laughs> I, I had a feeling i was like oh he must have appeared in the show <laughs> and, yeah the i met my wife actually and my wife had 21 jump street the tv show 
on DVD. Ooh. And she, I, I was like, oh, that I made the connection there. I was like, oh, there it's a TV show. So that was, that was pretty fun. I was like, that's pretty dang cool that uh, it was. And, and then the rest was history. I thought the, the comedy, it was really fun comedy. I loved a lot of the, the moments here, and it was so meta in a way. But let's hear your takes on the first 21 Jump Street film. Yeah, so uh, watching it, I, I watched this for the first time last night, and one of the first things that stood out to me is, uh, which I've realized over the last you know few months as this has come up that I haven't seen it, is that it's directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yep. And, and this duo, um, I was first introduced to with the Lego movie, which I, I love that that's a four star movie for me. One of my one of it was on my top 10 of that year. And so now going back to say, oh, it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Of course, I have to see this now. And so yeah. that that got me that amped up the excitement. Then you add to the fact that you have Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, like you said, such a random combination. And, and I was I was trying to think what you know, what is the equivalent of, of this combination being in, in this movie together? Cause you've got, you've got the little funny guy um, coming off an Oscar nomination. I mean, don't let's yeah. not forget that he got an Oscar nomination in 2011. And then you have Channing Tatum. Who's, who's the hunk, the he's, he's a budding action star. He, he was in step up. He was in coach Carter. I mean, so he, he's kind of this, this jock type of guy and it's and such coming off magic odd... Mike that magic Mike that year too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That year. So it's such an odd pair. And the, the only thing I could think of is, is this is like this generation's uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in like in twins and junior and, and just, you know, that, that odd pair that shouldn't even work, but it does. And, yeah. and that's, that's what I get out of these guys, except, kind of up a notch too because Channing Tatum's comedy chops are vastly underrated. He is he he's so funny and great at the physical comedy um in a way you wouldn't necessarily appreciate. So that that's the first part. Then I get into the movie. This cast is stacked. So stacked. So Looking stacked. back on it now, I mean Brie Larson, Dave Franco, Rob Riggle, Ice Cube, Chris Parnell, Ellie Kemper, Jake Johnson, Nick Offerman, Holly Robinson, Pete is in this movie. Hanging with Mr. Cooper's Holly Robinson, Pete. Uh, I mean, this. So every face that pops up, like, I know that guy. I know that girl. Hey, I know that person. And so you, you've got this Dakota huge Johnson cast. too. Dakota Johnson. Yeah, it's insane. So so you've got you've got the stacked cast. You've got the odd couple. You've got the the dynamic duo directing. And it is just hysterical. I mean, the, it is, it hits on every note. Um, you're, and you're right too. It, it, it also is very meta. It has those moments where it definitely like nudge, nudge, winks, winks at the camera uh, and letting you know that it, it knows it's kind of being ridiculous in this moment, but it, it's in so many ways, it's a throwback to, to the great action comedies of the past that, it feels like don't really get made anymore. At least not at this level, at this, yeah. uh, um, at this quality. I mean, it, you think of like, go back to the nineties and stuff like rush hour and things like that. This is, this is kind of it. it if it, it almost feels like it was groundbreaking in that way. And they, 
they don't make movies like this very often. It's hard to catch lightning in a bottle like that. And I felt like this movie did. I'm uh, so first time watch, I'm giving it three and a half stars. It is, yeah. it's one of the, we always talked about last year. We did a whole lot of uh, lists. And one of the lists we did was the best comedies of the decade. And that's where this came up. And, and uh, yeah, I can see why it, it deserves to be considered one of the best comedies of the last decade. Uh, because of everything, everything I mentioned, and everyone's so good in it, and it's just, it's just so much fun. That was actually my one of my trivious questions for you. That Tata also said I should mention. Do you remember your top five funniest films of the decade? Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I don't remember them. Oh, okay, not really. But let me see if I can, <laughs> I can pull you it out of my butt. Yeah, don't give me the placement so you can just tell me uh, what you think's on your list. Gosh. One yeah, give came, me some hints. Give me some hints. One film came out two years ago and appeared on your top ten list. And has had won an Oscar as well. A writing Oscar. Screenplay. I'm horrible. About a certain war and a historical uh, figure in that war with a mustache. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's that's that was your number five film. That that movie is really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another one was a comic book movie. Oh, Deadpool. Yes. Yeah. That 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 definitely belongs there too. And I another hint would be. A Family Guy creator. Oh, uh, Ted. That, that was, was on my two. list. That was your number two. Wow. Okay, the last yeah. two. Another one got nominated for best screenplay, and stars Everybody Loves Raymond and Holly Hunter. Oh, the Big Sick. The Big yeah. Sick. Oh, that's such a good movie. Okay, the last one. That was your number three. Big Sick was number three. Number last one had Michael Sarah in it. And Scott yeah. Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> nice. Pretty interesting. Of that topic. list that I yeah. made for myself. With, <laughs> with 21 jump street cracked that top 10 or top five. Ooh. I, I could see it cracking that, that list. What my number five was Jojo rabbit. Yep. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say it could probably fit in either for Jojo rabbit or Ted. I would, I would, Probably yeah, I was like, you had Ted pretty high, and then you're like, really that that yeah. That made my list? It's 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 amazing what a year difference can do. And yeah. I know you guys give me all uh, crap for my 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 power ranking sometimes, but sometimes you make a list and you're like, hey, what was I thinking on that one? Like, I LA Confidential last week. I I I love that movie, and even Todd mentioned it was in my you know top 100 or whatever. Did I didn't even make make an honorable mention list for me. Speaking of giving crap, I think the majority of the crap on that list was given to Todd over the list and the parameters he gave. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. Like, but yeah. Like defining a cop movie as it has to have the protagonist be a cop. And so a or a protagonist be a cop. So I thought you were gonna have Dark Knight on the list because Commissioner Gordon's yeah. a protagonist in the movie. I think I did pretty good. I think I did pretty. You I did tried good. You did good. At somewhat. Minority, Minority Report was a little of a stretch, but I was like, I got to. That's one of my favorite Spielberg movies, so I got to mention. Oh, that that, that movie's amazing. Yeah. One of the more underrated Spielberg movies. Heck yes, it is. 
All right, back to 21 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such an underrated cast, like you were saying. Uh, it's amazing that based, even though Jonah Hill got nominated for the Oscar uh, the year before, all these actors are pretty much at the start like or or like at the slight rise in their fame, popularity. And it's, it's, it's crazy to see like Brie Larson's an Oscar winner. Jonah Hill's an Oscar nominee. You have a, tons of famous um, people, comedic figures from TV show like The Office to uh, what's Jake Johnson's from uh, New Girl. And you got, you know, Dave Franco in there who is now a new director from the, like the rental and he's doing more things, not just com comedies and stuff like that with and that disaster artists or anything like that or other films, but he's making movies now too. A lot of these actors have come up the ranks and have blossomed in front of our screen on our screens throughout the years now. And 21 jump street brought all these great comedians together and they never really overshadowed themselves. Like no, everybody's like, Oh, there's that guy. And he does his one scene and he kind of just, you don't see him again. Like Nick Offerman is totally playing Ron Swanson, but it's Nick Offerman playing himself pretty much. I would think Nick Offerman. Yeah, yeah. Nick Offerman team. is Ron Swanson. That's, yeah, he is Ron yeah. Swanson. That's the Parks and Recreation is a great show. Uh, all right. So let's break this movie down. Uh, all these famous characters. Uh, what little cameo or a little uh, minor character in this movie was the one that just like, that was my favorite little moment that he was in, or this is one of my favorite little minor characters. I would say probably one of my favorite parts was uh, the group of science nerds <laughs> yeah. that, that Channing Tatum's character falls in with. I, I thought that that crew was, was hilarious and any scene with them in it was just fun. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and it really played on that, the, the concept in the movie of, uh, of how what was you know what was cool how Chang Tatum was cool when he was in high school and Jonah Hill was a nerd and it completely flipped seven years later just because of how the dynamics of the culture had changed um yeah it was just I, I and he so he ends up getting in with this group of nerds and uh learning science and about covalent bonds it was great covalent <laughs> bonds yeah uh, I, I thought that the, the flip of the two different personalities or you know cultures and stuff like that characters the groupings that they were placed in was definitely different you weren't ex really expecting it to go in that direction i remember that and but seeing all these characters interact throughout and where jonah hill was become the more popular one and chang tatum's just like the kind of the outcast and or the the nerd and the new nerd group or whatever i, I really just enjoyed it like you were saying uh but seeing a brie larson in this one i don't think it's like her I, I never associate Brie Larson being in this movie, so it's always a surprise that when she shows up in this movie, it's like, oh wait, that's Brie Larson. Like it's crazy. Like it's just such a weird role. It's not something like she's doing a whole lot in it, but you know she's Brie Larson in this movie, like an Oscar winner, and it's always surprise catches me off guard every single time. Well, yeah, she went from I mean, start of the decade, she was in she was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. Um, in 2010. So she went from that two years later, she does this and, and showing that she is like the ultimate girl next door in this too. Like she has, she has that vibe completely. And just three short years later, she's an Oscar winner. And now she is a superhero and I'm, and just this huge star. But uh, I, I love how you can find people like that who are 
obviously grounded in the the simple stuff like this and mm-hmm. uh that worked their way up and you you can tell the way she just the way brie larson is now you can tell where she came from and she came from being in physical comedy because she doesn't take herself too seriously yeah that's very true very true uh let's talk about the two main leads in this one jonah hill and Channing Tatum, because actually you made a com- you brought up a movie here, and I actually think that's a pr- it's pretty. You can compare the two actors, Jackie Chan and Chris, uh, Chris Tucker from Rush Hour, and that's yeah. kind in a way you can make a comparison where Jackie Chan, Chan is the action uh, uh, action movie guy, where Channing T- it's kind of Channing Tatum in a way too, and then Jonah Hill is the fast talker, Chris Tucker type of character, the mouth and the muscle. The mouth and the muscle, exactly. <laughs> basically, uh, a rush hour revamp. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of a kind of a makes sense comparison because you know you got Jonah Hill who's you know super bad and all these like really fast teenage movies. And I guess how many times has Jonah Hill played a teenager? That's uh, it's another one, a nerdy teenager. That's another uh, movie. That's a power rankings right there. If you, if you ask me, <laughs> Jonah uh, Hill teenagers, yeah. Jonah, yeah, best movies of Jonah Hill as a teenager. Uh, <laughs> I love these two actors playing off each other because they're completely just not taking it too seriously, but absolutely knocking it out of the park. And I think that a lot of that goes to the amazing writing writing team for this because a lot of funny funny things happen, especially when they're in the bathroom trying to throw up, like because they just took the drugs by mist- they had to take the drugs and a lot of the, <laughs> the innuendos and wordplay that they were able to put in this movie. That you know, as somebody who doesn't know certain things. You might not, not those might go over your head, but if you if you're in the know, yeah, you're you're like you're laughing for a different reason. You're not just laughing over the physical comment, but you're actually laughing at what what's being said as well. I think that's what this movie does really perfectly. It really balances it out pretty well throughout the the course of the movie. There's such an odd couple, and it works. And I've seen so many of those odd couples not work. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, everyone's trying to find the one that's going to work. I mean. And you go back a little further, like I said, you got DeVito and uh, and Schwarzenegger in in something like Twins. It's the same dynamic. It's the mouth and the muscle. Mm-hmm. And then you and then Jackie Chan and uh, and Chris Tucker worked in Rush Hour. Um, but then you had Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson in Owen Wilson in Shanghai Noon, and that yeah. didn't necessarily work as well. Or or Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy and I Spy that oh, didn't work. Or but Owen Eddie Wilson. Yeah. Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro in Showtime. I mean, that didn't really work. So, I mean, you're always trying to find this odd couple and which one's going to work. And, and this one, this one just did. And I think it works because you have, um, you, they're such an odd couple, but they, they have the same timing and they, they have, you can't teach chemistry and they've mm-hmm. got the chemistry. Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh you can't teach it. They just have they just have it, and that's mm-hmm. it. They definitely brought something, sparked it off here. Uh, I guess we're gonna move into the kind of their big reveal, the the cameo that you mentioned, and because this movie's so old, I think we, it's okay to spoil it a little bit here. <laughs> Two cast members from the Twenty One Jump Street TV show appear in this one. Uh, it's it great to see Johnny Depp in this movie. Yeah, um, I I am a Johnny Depp uh, fan, and you know all the stuff that's happening off camera. It's, it's unfortunate and, you know, sad situation, but you, the guy is an actor 
on screen. He has he has something. And every time he's on screen, you know, sometimes the role is not the greatest, like the tourist or one of the many Pirates of the Caribbean movies can kind of feel stale. But in seeing him in this one little cameo, it's really awesome. And I totally forgot that you know he's reprising. He's like, oh wow, you're a legend. He's like. <laughs> And seeing that they were in a like undercover for five years or something like three to five years or something like that, it's it's really cool to see him just like pop off. He's like fake on his talking about his fake nose and stuff like that, and it was just really cool to see Johnny Depp in this role. And I was definitely caught off guard the first time I watched it. Did you know that this cameo was happening? When it I happened? didn't know, I didn't know, and I've never seen the the TV show. So, um, but I know I knew it existed. I knew he was in it. Um, I didn't know it was coming, but once it happened, it was kind of, a, of course, of course, Johnny Depp has to show up. Uh, and, uh, but what's interesting is Johnny Depp never does these, uh, these kind of poking fun at his, himself moments. He never does these self-referential moments. He, uh, he does everything almost to stay away from them. And so to have him pop up here, um, reprising a role and really making fun of himself because this movie is kind of making fun of the whole concept of what he was his breakout in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was great to see and to see that someone even like Johnny Depp could, could poke fun at himself in that way. Cause I remember hearing the, the Johnny Depp story. I, I mean, he got his huge breakout in 21 jump street and that's when he kind of became this big thing. And he could have had like any any big role in Hollywood. And so he goes and does Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And he decides to, no, I don't want to be the Hollywood heartthrob. I want to be the artist. I want to be I want to be known as the actor. I mean, you, you could almost think of it in a similar way to what like Ryan Gosling does. Ryan Gosling could be could be a Channing Tatum if he wanted to be. He could be in all the action movies and be the the uh, the huge Hollywood heartthrob. Instead, he does stuff like Half Nelson and Lars and the Real Girl and Drive and and stuff like that. And so, but Ryan Gosling's come around and been able to make fun of himself. And now it was great to see Johnny Depp have that moment where he he's gonna poke fun at himself. He's gonna he's gonna be goofy. Um, and it it was kind of the most Johnny Depp Johnny Depp has ever been on screen. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my overall takeaway for the 21 Jump Street movie is after watching after so many years, I think it's just as hilarious. I've seen this movie so many times and it actually appeared my my favorite was my favorite movie comedy of the decade for, or funniest film of the decade. And I think that I'm going to stand by that. I, it's definitely my favorite comedy, funniest film, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, it. The comedy really holds true with me. I think all the little characters really work in seeing like guys like Rob Riggle and that there the whole tripping sequence was really funny. And a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, funny humor that they were able to bring to this movie is uh, something that I will always remember. And I always can go back to it and just rewatch and it has a, such a rewatchability to this film. And it's definitely one of those ones that I, I absolutely love. And I'm, gonna, I'm glad we're talking about it. And so what's your overall takeaway from this very first 21 jump street film? Yeah. Watching it for the first time it now it, definitely holds up i mean this this movie's now nine years old uh but it holds up it it 100 holds up it it's uh it's goofy it's crazy it's raunchy it's but it's hilarious mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't miss a beat and and so many of the things it talks about in there still hold true and and still are just as hilarious now so uh so yeah de- definitely worth it definitely 
definitely one of the better the the better comedies of the decade. Better comedies of the decade. I totally agree. Pulling up 23 Jump Street now. All right. So let's move into the second film in the franchise, 22 Jump Street, which came out in 2014, directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Again, which is great. It stars our two characters, same, same characters. But it, it's definitely different. It, it plays off the sequel trope where they have bigger budgets and uh, not as good. They re- relive the same plots. It's the same exact thing over and over. And they poke fun. Exactly. And have- the Sequel. same Big as last thing. time. We find the <laughs> drugs. <laughs> no, no. The uh, what's that? That's the line. I totally remember. I forgot the other line that infiltrate I infiltrate the dealers. Find the suppliers. Yeah, same exact. We got we got they got Kate Blanchett with the budget. It's it's such a <laughs> they got Kate Blanchett with the budget. And uh, yeah, it, I I don't know. Part of me actually thinks that this one. It's my favorite movie out of the, the, the two movies. I think some of us, part of me thinks that this one is better, but it's, they're so different, but also the same in every way. It's, it's really tough, but I love this film as well. And um, both of the films I've given out three stars to on our website. However, I think I might need to change them after rewatching because I just enjoyed them uh, so much after watching this. What are your takes after seeing it for the very first time, Terry? So I think I was at a little bit of a disadvantage watching this one uh, because this movie, a great comedy sequel has to play on the nostalgia of the first one. I mean, and, and this one Watch does, I, this might be the most, the most self-referential movie I have ever seen. How many jokes is it going to make about the fact that they're making a sequel to their last movie? in their own movie it, it's ridiculous but um it, and they're all really funny however i watched i watched 21 jump street last night i watched 22 jump street this morning in reality they came out two years apart if i had seen 21 jump street in 2012 and then 22 jump street in 2014 or if i had seen 21 jump street yesterday and 22 jump street two years from now i would have been very different but because yeah. i had i had like 12 hours to digest the nostalgia that it plays off of in the sequel it 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 didn't work near as well for me because i didn't have that that love and experience with the first one that that this one just just plays with and just the constantly the entire time Hmm. with that said it's still a really funny movie um Mm -hmm. it it plays off of so many of the same jokes it it follows the exact same plot line and then tries to throw the little twists in it tells you from the very beginning we're gonna do the exact same thing everything is exactly the same i love the line from nick offerman at the beginning where he's he's like uh, uh apparently we're going to double your budget because that's gonna give double the success I don't understand how that works. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are they doing? They're just giving us money now. And, but, uh, and, and so, yeah, so self-referential. The Cape Blanchett line is, is hilarious. Um, and they keep on saying over and over again, this is the exact same plot as last time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's still really funny. And, and cause it, it plays, off of the same jokes yet finds enough new ones uh the funniest part of this one well maybe my my favorite scene the funniest scene is jonah hill's uh uh slam poem um 
about the about the the girl who OD'd. That is that was insane. And then and then when you find out that his girlfriend is his captain's daughter, and the the how Ice Cube goes through an entire meal with that look of, that stink eye look on his face is just priceless. Give me some priceless. Of those damn green beans. <laughs> <laughs> You gave him a high five for that. You gave him a high five for that. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness! Every time he says something, I'm gonna put a boot up your ass. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's the bait best. Uh, that's probably my favorite part of the movie too. I was laughing so hard about that. Cynthia being suggestible, raising my, moving my arms. She's smile. dead. She's, She's dead. dead. Oh man, too bad we're not gonna be over uh probably be across the street next time too. 23, 23 jump street. Oh and the, and then the whole the whole credits where they roll out like all the way to like 41 jump street, what schools they're going to infiltrate. I mean <laughs> the it's yeah. And again, huge cast. I mean you because and of new people too. I mean, Peter Stormare. I mean, if you want a great villain, you go get Peter Stormare. John yep. Abruzzi himself, uh, and then uh, Jillian Bell is great in this. I, um, oh gosh, who else is in in here? You got uh, uh, Wyatt Russell, who's been in quite a few things like Overlord. Oh, yeah. he's he's not a, a huge one, but he's a, he's he pops up from time to time. Uh, you got Queen Latifah shows up in this one, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and enough yeah. of the old guard from the last movie too. That the holdovers like Rob Riggle pops back up, and uh, and Franco pops back up, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This this cast wasn't at, like there was still like little cameo appearances. Pat Oswalt. Oh yeah, Pat Oswalt. <laughs> That's why I want you to ask questions. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what do you have to say? Uh, covalent bonds. <laughs> <laughs> So I've seen this movie a lot, uh, but I caught something for the very first time that I didn't realize was in the first film. Um, when they go into like the glass, you know, the their their new offices for Jump Twenty Two Jump oh, Street. Oh, 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 look at his new office! It's like a big ice cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but, I yeah. heard that too. I'm like, oh, come on, really? But, We're but doing a, that. Meet the team, guys. And it's the three guys from the high school that Chang Tatum hung out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I never realized that before. You didn't realize that? No. And, and, then, and then, then when they do the sting at the end, it's like, and now I'm here, and, and Ice Cube comes in, and then they pop up behind the desk with the machine guns like, we are also here. We are also <laughs> here. <laughs> it's, it's so great. I'm like, wait a second. Weren't they in high school in the lot, two years ago when that movie came out? Like, So they... Yes, got, they uh, got straight into the FBI or the Jump Street program. That's well, well, cool. they had they had those hacker skills, so that's they got them point. in. No, I, even I, I, even while intoxicated, they were able to hack the phone. Yeah, no, no, I I can't do that. Uh, no, I I would never no, do that. No, I can't. I no, I can't. No, no, I can't. I can't do that. Oh, you can't. No, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite scene in this this jump street? I think we already kind of touched on it, you know, with the slam poem and the, you know, the meeting of. Was there any other like standout moments from this movie? I know you uh, from watching it from from twenty two Jump Street. Twenty two Jump Street, yes. Uh, oh gosh, 
Um, it's definitely yeah. bigger. I know that. I, I will say this: that uh, seeing how this film put Channing Tatum as the more popular person, yeah, was definitely a, a kind of interesting twist. Showing how he's the ultimate frat boy. Yeah, he's told like he he can open beer bottles with his eyelids, <laughs> and tr the trip out sequences of the drugs are great again. And I, yeah. I love uh, I love the two different worlds, like the split cameras in this one, where they show one uh, Channing Tatum in this bright, bright, colorful world, and you got you got you know Jonah Hill listening, "I'll take you," listen to Creed on his side of the thing <laughs> <laughs> in this lava dark place or whatever. That's pretty. Uh, that was great. I definitely like that kind of camera work when they have like the two different perspectives, the split screen. Per uh, things where they're showing Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill and they're walking together. And then, oh, and then right, right, right. yeah, even my wife was like, that's, that's pretty cool. That they were able to do that. And I agree on that. So it was, it's, it's some different stuff. A lot of it was just kind of the same thing kind of in a different way, which mm -hmm. was still a lot of fun. I love Jillian Hall. Like every time she did, no Jillian Bell, every yeah. time that she shows up, it's always like, Oh yeah. So uh, being old, like yeah, don't touch me. Don't touch me with those liver spotted hands, Grandpa. <laughs> there you uh, go. There. You were okay, the loudest. So I, it's never. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the other scene I, I love is is the car chase where they're in the the football helmet, and it's right after they were told that they can't spend any more money, and so they they're going along. And it's like, no, don't hit it. We can't cost. We can't spend any more money. I was like. You could have gone to the parking lot and instead you went to the art gallery. <laughs> like we're going to lose them in the robotics factory. <laughs> like that, that's just wasteful. And it's who, who would have guessed there's so much expensive stuff in there. Uh, yeah. It's so great. Uh, it, they're, they're just, they're just really funny movies, and I, I yeah, I, I, hopefully you can go back and relook at, rewatch this one at some point, and kind of maybe appreciate it a little bit more. I don't think you gave us your star rating for this three, one. Yet. Three stars for this. Three stars. Okay, make it makes sense. But I have it right now at two. I, I just think actually watching this one, having that appreciation of the first one, that makes me kind of like like this one a little bit. It, but it's also really different. I also like the gag where. He clearly sets up. Uh, Janko clearly sets up that he loves Lamb Lamborghinis, and he's a Lambro, and uh, he never gets to drive one in this movie. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty great, and um, and I love the the scene at the end too, where Jonah Hill is gonna be the hero and try to uh, kind of repay what uh, Janko did in the first movie and jump in front of the bullet and totally misses it, and <laughs> Janko gets shot again in this movie, and then uh, he shoots himself when he's trying he to pay back. Hill. and you yeah. guys yeah it, it, it's a it's it's just a fun time you guys are going to medical school and they <laughs> you guys are going to culinary school and then it goes haters there haters there and then they have the contract dispute where seth rogan shows up as oh, yeah. Hill's character yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then you got the, the generations one where the two other twenty one Jump Street guys show up in the for their, oh, their yeah, yeah. Family, they team up and then you have the video game and you have the uh, there was another one they had uh, the, the Return of Ghost like the, the oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah character so many different sequels that I would love to see for this one um, I'm trying to think well, and, and what and I mean watching these two movies really what it does, it just shows how much I love. Phil Lord and Chris Miller's style of comedy. And, yeah. and I mean, they, they've done, let's hear it. They have directed one, two, three, 
four. They've only directed four movies. And it's 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, the Lego movie, and they started their career with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which I haven't seen, and now I have to, knowing that it's them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, but, it's, it's a cute movie. It's probably their weakest film, but it's still really good. Sure. Um, but, I mean, they, they directed the pilot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That show's wow, hilarious. Show. Uh, but And they, they were, um, I think one of them, I think it was Chris Miller, was uh, one of the brains behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So uh, so they, they have that. And I it just makes me sad that we couldn't see the full realization of what they wanted to do with the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Because uh, exactly. it got partway through and then they got fired for creative differences because apparently because they're awesome and Disney didn't want it that way. <laughs> and um, and so they bring in the most, you know, the most director. vanilla director you could find to finish it off and Ron Howard. And, and and I mean, I still I still like that movie for what it is. But to to know that there was a, a Chris Lord, Phil or Phil Lord, Chris Miller uh vision originally there i i wish i could have seen it yeah we we want to see the sex Snyder cut all the time but let's get the phil lord chris miller yeah, we want the lord miller cut of solo that's what yeah. we want yeah even though solo is better than the last jedi but still uh okay oh, oh come on <laughs> no come i have on, changed, man. i have changed my stance on it i might i might have an epi- a deep dive episode with todd about the last jedi at some point that- I've appreciated that more because I did not like the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's even worse. A Rise of Skywalker, yeah, that was. I I am convinced that the so much of the hatred behind the Last Jedi was everyone had their expectations of what they wanted it to be, yeah, and it flipped the entire Star Wars universe on its head, which is what I loved about it, and yeah. so many people didn't. Yeah, I I need. I'm gonna do a. I definitely wanted to have a conversational piece yeah. on that one. I think that's going to be fun. Anyway, uh, back to this, the Jump Street movies. Interesting tad note that I did find. I don't remember. Do you remember the uh, Sony hack? The, the emails getting hacked? Yes. Posted the interview, which actually was one of the trailers for, I believe it was uh, 22 Jump Street. I yep. think the, the trailer for the interview came on, which was the James Franco and Seth Rogen comedy. And uh, the Sony Studios was hacked, and a couple things came, big things came out of that those hackings and obviously spider-man going to the joining the mcu was one of them do you remember what the jump street related hack was i don't it the the next film would have combined jump street with men in black oh gosh (laughs) so it would have been and but will smith would not have been reprising his role Okay. Uh, or, but he would, uh, wouldn't, or he would, or he, he would make a cameo appearance. That's what they were talking about in their email. I kind of vaguely remember this. That's um, what everything was happening. But it was like twenty three, or it was like Jump Street meets Men in Black, or twenty three Men in Black, or something like that. I, I feel like that that had so many ways it could have gone wrong, and I'm glad it didn't happen. But Men in Black still got ruined with <laughs> Men in Black International. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad that that would have that would have just ruined everything. It's like, yeah. stop while you're ahead. Yeah, I I enjoy the Men in Black franchise, like the first three. The first one's by far my the, the best one. The second one's fine. The third one's eh, okay, whatever. But I think I stopped watching after the first two. Yeah, but I, I, I like the first two. I just never got around to the other two. 
Yeah. J- James, uh, James, uh, Josh Brolin as uh, Tommy Lee Jones in that one is really good. He's really mm-hmm. spot on impression, impersonation. But yeah, it would have tarnished the Jump Street franchise for sure. So yeah. Anyway, well, that we're at the hour mark on the podcast. So that going to wrap it up here i think terry so that's our overall takes of the jump street franchise our first time watch for terry we yeah 3.5 for the first one and three stars of the second one uh we'll probably have to you know maybe later down the road maybe do a rewatch and see if you appreciated that uh liked it even more the second time we'll have some gaps in between the watch yeah, I, can, I can see that these getting better and better with age as you they're, they're just those comedies that as you know the jokes it's going to get better and better Exactly. Uh, well, last question I wanted to ask you. You got these from the library. Is this something oh, yeah. that add, add to your collection in the future? I, it's something that's worth adding, I think, to the collection because it's something you you can... It, the rewatchability of these is very high. Very high on these movies. So yeah, I, I may have to watch too. each of them again before I return them to the library. Yeah, definitely. And there's just, there's fun, there's fun movies and I don't think anything they're, they're innocent, but also like a party party movie at the same time. It's just really fun to see these two characters uh, play in in Mm -hmm. the film. So anyway, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you guys haven't already, please like share and subscribe on all our podcast levels. And we're also on YouTube where we drop clips and you'll, the clip of this conversation would be on there as well, as well as upcoming conversations that Terry, Zach, and Todd will be having of No Man Land, a deep dive of South, uh, Silence of the Lambs, and other yes. fun conversations as well. I'm looking forward to hearing your deep dive of Silence of the Lambs, man. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, too. It puts That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, definitely looking forward to that today. And I need to watch No Man Land, so I'm going to be doing that probably later today, too. So. Uh, anyway, Terry, any uh, any want to knock it out with a quote real fast? Do you have a quote of the day you want to just end this the podcast with? So, so as I was thinking about this, and if I was going to end this with a quote, there is only one quote you can end it with. Something cool. I, Quick, say I something cool. Something cool. So what did you say? I said something cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it? Something I said cool. something cool. <laughs> Well, this has been a Something Cool podcast, guys. We'll see you guys next time.